0: but I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hello and welcome back. So as promised, today's episode is going to focus on what in the world do we do when we mess up as parents? What do we do when we inevitably lose our cool at some point? What do we do when we yell? How do we repair that? And Is it okay that we make these mistakes? You've heard me say a couple times now that we don't need to be perfect. And that is so true. But I think in order to understand why that's true, we need to back up a little bit. So the idea of imperfect parenting being okay is something that was first talked about by Donald Winnicott, who was a British psychoanalyst and pediatrician. And he coined the term the good enough mother. You might've heard that floating around and, and it's kind of translated now into good enough parenting. But what Winnicott observed was that when you have a baby, you bring that baby home and you sacrifice your own needs, right? You don't sleep. You stay up all night with the baby. You meet that baby's needs as perfectly as possible. And over time, as that baby gets a little bit older, maybe we go to the bathroom before we go pick up the baby from their nap and they're crying, right? Or... Maybe we have to take a phone call and the baby's unhappy about it. So over time, what he observed was that we are just not able. There's just no way that we could ever possibly meet that baby's needs perfectly forever. And even I would argue in those early days, we can't meet the baby's needs perfectly. But what he noticed was that over time, we have to ease up a little bit on how quickly we respond and how perfectly we try to respond because life, right? And so what he observed was that actually that was really healthy for babies to have this experience of this imperfect caregiver, right? Because that is life. Nobody will ever meet our needs perfectly. And so babies, as he observed, were able to adapt to this imperfect parenting, right? These responses that were not always exactly when the baby needed them to happen. And so that's where the term, the good enough mother came from. And then in attachment theory, we talk a lot about this concept of rupture and repair. And what that means essentially is that in any relationship, there are going to be ruptures. Okay. So that's arguments Times that we don't see eye to eye, conflict, times that we let each other down, we don't meet each other's needs. And again, because we're human, it's inevitable that we will have ruptures in any relationship. So, any friendship is as if we're showing up authentically. And I think this is important to say because I think a lot of us were socialized to avoid conflict. So, tell me if this sounds familiar. You are talking with a friend and they say something that you don't necessarily agree with, but you keep your mouth shut because you don't want to go there, right? You might even do that with your partner. But over time, the closer you get to somebody, it is inevitable that you are going to let them down. If you are showing up authentically, you are going to make mistakes and let that person down at some point. That is just inevitable. And so attachment theory talks about how ruptures are inevitable. And this is true in any relationship with our partner, with our child. And what they found in the attachment research was that actually ruptures are going to happen no matter what. But if those ruptures are repaired adequately, that actually the quality of the attachment relationship gets better. It gets stronger. So translating that into everyday mom language is that you are going to lose your cool with your child. You are going to mess up. You are going to not meet their needs perfectly. It's just reality. And you then have the power to repair that rupture and to repair it in a way that really strengthens the relationship. And so it's actually really wonderful for your child to witness that repair, to be part of that repair, to feel how loved and safe and seen that repair makes them right. When your child lives that experience of rupture and repair, that is such a healthy foundation for real life relationships. Your child is not going to grow up avoiding conflict. Your child will feel safe to speak their truth and to know that, you know what, if there's a rupture, we can repair. And so, you know what, you're going to make a mistake you're going to mess up you're going to lose it you're going to yell at some point the goal is not to never do those things obviously we want to do them maybe less if we're doing it all the time right and I think that's possible I have definitely been in seasons where I was raising my voice with my kids a lot and a lot of the things that I talk about on this podcast have actually helped me do that less right I I would not say that yelling or raising my voice is my mo right now right but there have been times where it's been more so. And so, yeah, I think we can work to lessen that and to, again, make parenting generally feel good for you and for your child. But there's going to be times where maybe you didn't get enough sleep, maybe something stressful at work, maybe something stressful with your partner, or you're caring for an aging parent, or you have other things in your life that are going on. Maybe you are hangry. You haven't had a chance to grab a meal and you are just not at your best, and you will make mistakes with your kids. And so I hope this feels empowering to know that actually, so what? (laughs) You're human and you can make such a huge, such huge strides in your relationship with your child by repairing those ruptures. So another research statistic that might be really helpful for you is that, so this is from Circle of Security Parenting. Again, that's an attachment-based parenting program. So the attachment research has taken place over decades and they actually studied the quality of attachment relationships in parent-child dyads so this is coming from decades of attachment research literally looking at parent-child pairs and what they found is that if you can meet your child's needs well about 30% of the time that your child is very likely to be securely attached. Like that is enough. 30%. I want you to think for just a second. Think about the last day or two. I bet you are coming in way higher than 30%. Okay. That's not just a number that somebody pulled out of thin air. That is literally a number that came from watching parents and children together and looking at the quality of that attachment relationship. So 30%. You're already doing that. Now, you want to strive for more than that? Great. But 30% is enough and good enough is good enough. Okay, so I need you to hear that. Good enough is good enough. So that's kind of the background for why it's okay and healthy and good for your relationship with your child when you mess up. Okay, the other thing I want to point out is that How many times when you were a child did you make a mistake and then feel a sense of shame around that mistake, especially if you grew up in a household where your parents didn't apologize? And I would argue that most of us probably grew up in a household where parents didn't apologize often. And it's not because they were bad people. It's not because they didn't love us. It's because I genuinely think that that was not something they thought based on the parenting guidance at the time was a healthy thing. I think they thought that apologizing would kind of lose them that authoritative stance that they felt like they needed to have to help us grow up happy and healthy, right? That was what they were striving for. So again, they did the best they could with what they knew, but I don't think that was a thing for most of us. And I find with my therapy clients and when I talk to my friends about this, it just wasn't a thing for parents to come and say, you know what? I messed up and certainly not often. So You know, if you grew up in a household where you didn't see the repair process in action, then it's very likely that you felt shame around making mistakes. If you're not watching people make mistakes, it's hard to feel like it's part of the human experience, right? And I think adults, by comparison to children, look so competent. I mean, basic things like zipping up a jacket, pouring a glass of milk without spilling it, Like we do those things all the time and our kids are just struggling to make those basic things happen. And they look at us and they think, gosh, I'm never going to be that competent, right? How many of you can relate to this idea that, oh, I always thought my parents were perfect until I grew up and then I saw them as human. We didn't grow up seeing our parents as human most of the time. And I think, you know, some of that was by design. And that's, again, them thinking that they were doing the best they could for us and they did. They did the best with what they knew and they loved us. That was what it was. But now you grow up with this mentality that it's not okay to make a mistake. So the gift that we give our children, in addition to this idea that rupture and repair is a part of healthy relationships, is that we model self-compassion in the face of mistakes. We model that we are human. We model that mistakes are part of life. And that is gold for our kids because they are going to internalize this message that human beings don't have to be perfect they don't have to be perfect to be loved they don't have to be perfect to be successful I mean really let that sink in because I don't think most of us grew up with that message and I'm not even talking about you know I don't think our parents sat us down ever and said hey you gotta be perfect but it was more of an implicit message it was what we saw around us and if you were punished when you made mistakes you even more so likely internalize this message that, you know what? Mistakes are not okay. The goal is to never make them. The goal is to get to a point where you just never mess up. Well, that is not reality for any of us. So to show our kids by living these mistakes in the relationship with them, that is just amazing relationship knowledge for them to have and amazing knowledge for them to be able to internalize about themselves. And what happens when you are able to model that genuine repair is that your child will then begin, begin to act out that genuine repair with you. And that's what I have seen with my own kids. I'm going to give you in just a minute, a step-by-step guide to how to repair with your child when you inevitably mess up. But first I just want to say, that doing things in the way that I'm going to describe has led me to have these moments with my children. I'm talking as early as like two years old. My children will come to me, unprompted, and give me genuine apologies when they feel that they have messed up. They will come to me and say, Mommy, I'm really sorry that I wasn't listening this morning or the other day. My seven year old could not regulate the impulse to have screen time in the morning, which is not something we generally do. But he got up before us, he grabbed the switch and he started to play. And, you know, we just acknowledge that. Gosh, it's really hard to regulate that impulse. I get that next time we'll try harder. And if it's too hard, we'll put the password back on it. Right. That's all we said in the moment but I picked him up from school that day and he said to me mommy did daddy tell you what happened this morning and I said oh you mean about the switch and he said yeah I said I'm really sorry about that you know I just it was really hard for me not to play and I'm gonna work on it and I was floored I was like oh my gosh I'm, I'm floored every time this happens because I'm just because I don't know about you but for me not having seen these apologies modeled I think my idea of an apology when I met my husband was Well, I'm sorry, but you, right? Like, I'm sorry, but here's why I did it, right? I didn't really learn the art of a true apology. And this is embarrassing to admit as a clinical psychologist, but maybe some of you can relate. I didn't learn that until I was in the relationship with my husband, in this healthy relationship where I got to see that modeled, right? And that's something that, you know, he had worked on his personal development wise, you know, before he met me. But again, I don't think most of us saw that model growing up. And so I am just always floored when my children come to me in this very genuine way and say, I'm really sorry, I messed up completely unprompted. So Mm -hmm. that is what will happen when you start to model repair in your relationship with your child, when you start to have that accountability. So what do we do? Okay, so let's say that you are in an interaction with your child and you lose it. You raise your voice, you yell, you get big and mean and scary. And that's not something that you want to do. And you walk away from that interaction and you feel terrible about it. And sometimes I think that feeling terrible about it, that can keep us from having that accountability. It's almost like we feel so much shame around that mess up that it's hard to even sit with our own feelings about it, let alone acknowledge it to our kids, right? So hopefully this episode helps you start to think about the fact that it's okay to make those mistakes and that actually being accountable with your child is so much healthier than sitting in that guilt and shame and getting immobilized by it, right? I don't know if you've ever been in that place, but I think most of us can relate to that sense of, oh, I feel so bad about this. I don't even want to deal with it. Don't even want to acknowledge it. So hopefully this episode gives you what you need to be able to actually acknowledge it. So in the moment you lose it with your child, if you are st- notice that you're losing it, right, if you catch yourself in that moment, take a break, right? Literally make sure your child is in a safe space and just walk out of the room. Let your child know, I need to go calm my body. I'll be right back. And your child might have some protest around that, but that's OK. If they're in a safe place, you go and take a minute, take some deep breaths, Focus on, I've mentioned this a couple episodes back, but focus on literally like the way the light hits the leaves on the trees outside or stare at something, you know, mindfulness exercises, pulling in your five senses to bring you back into the present moment and have almost that, that light switch turn in your brain of out of fight or flight into a calm regulated nervous system. You will know when that switch flips, but the goal is to get yourself into a place where when you walk back in with your child, you are focused on how can I help versus, you know, still getting angry and getting spun back up around whatever it was that caused you to lose it in the first place. And here's the tricky part too. Your child might have been doing things that were super frustrating. Your child might have been doing things that you don't want them to do. Totally get that. Totally reasonable. Been there so many times. But when you come in to repair your mistake with your child, you cannot focus on whatever they did right that's the I'm sorry I but you right that is not the kind of healthy repair we want to model so you come back you're calm and you say to your child and this doesn't have to be right away if you're not calm right away take a little more time it's okay you know I think young kids toddlers they they kind of live in the moment and they may or may not really remember later But I would argue that most kids, if you bring it up a couple of hours later, are going to be able to remember and it's still going to be meaningful. So it's never too late. It's never too late even if you were a frequent yeller for years and you want to come to your child and say, you know, I I yelled at you a lot and I'm really sorry about that. I'm working on different ways to calm my body now and I'm sorry I yelled all those other times. So it's literally never too late. I mean, even if you're a parent of an adult child, Now, and you're recognizing that maybe you yelled a lot or you made some mistakes, it is never too late. And I promise you, your child will always appreciate that genuine repair. But when you are ready, you go to your child and you say, hey, I am really sorry for the way I talked to you earlier. I raised my voice. I yelled. Gosh, I am so sorry about that. That wasn't okay. And then this is something I say to my kids. It is never your fault when I yell it is never your fault when I have a harsh tone why is that important well I think it's important because again children by nature are very egocentric and so when we raise our voices they do interpret it as their fault you know I have a seven-year-old who throughout his life has said the things that I believe are on all kids minds but he just happens to verbalize them and if I ever raised my voice with him he would look at me and say I feel like a bad boy heartbreaking, right? But that's what kids think when we lose it with them. So it is so key to say it is never your fault when I don't handle my mad feelings the right way. It is not your job to fix them. And it is not your fault. You didn't cause my mad feelings. Okay. So that's key to be able to say, I am so sorry, and it is not your fault. And then make a promise to work on it. I am going to work hard on doing something different with my big, mad feelings in the future. I wonder what I can do. Maybe I can take some deep breaths, right? Again, you're modeling coping skills for your child. These are things that your child might start doing when they watch you do them, right? These are things you're probably talking with them about outside of difficult moments. So share that with them. And then that's it. Leave it be, right? You can offer a hug. You can... Take some time to do a fun activity together, but do not expect your child to apologize back. Don't expect it. Don't don't fish for it. Right. And certainly don't say now you did X, Y and Z. Just own your stuff. This is sort of the formula for a healthy apology, no matter what relationship you're in. Right. But with your child, especially leave it there. And see what happens. And they may not come to you with an apology right away. But what I have witnessed over the years in doing this with my children is that they do come to you eventually. And they will give you that genuine repair. It is just so amazing to witness. So that is my formula for healthy repair. It's pretty simple, right? Get yourself calm. Find your child. Apologize. Let them know it's not their fault. Let them know you're going to work on it and that you love them and move on. And that's it. Don't carry that guilt with you around all day. Remind yourself 30%, 30% good enough is good enough. These are great mantras to say when you're really feeling that shame spiral, right? So that wraps up our episode for today. I want to leave you with this message that you are enough. You are the perfect parent for your child or children. And it's okay that you make mistakes. You will make mistakes. It is inevitable. But the beauty is I'm empowering you to repair those mistakes. So your task for this week is to find an opportunity for repair. And if you don't have one, you can repair a previous situation. Another thing you can do is literally in the moment, if you catch yourself raising your voice and you're with it enough and you're regulated enough to recognize that you can literally have a do over right there in that moment. You can say, I don't like the way I'm talking to you right now. I'm going to start over. That builds so much trust and accountability with your child. So try that this week. If your child's meltdowns are stressing you out, I've got you. My complete guide to meltdowns will walk you through exactly what's going on and how to help so that next time your child melts down, you can feel confident. Download your copy today for free at raiseresilientcom grow. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share this episode and leave a review. Let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this.